Welcome to another Toonami pre-flight. Uh, today, we're going to continue to look back at some of our favorite things of 2018. Uh, today's episode is specifically around some of our favorite video games so far yeah. in 2018. A year of not a ton of games that I think that either of the no. two of us have played. There's I, I, a lot of games that I enjoyed, but I ended up not playing, I think, as many as I normally I do. think um, I think I might be just aging out of a lot of... You're getting too old for this shit? Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, you only have time enough for certain things, and I think I've gotten pickier about games as compo- as opposed to, like, movies or music or some of my other interests where I'm maybe a little more open-minded about things. With games, it's like, I don't want to play fighting games, I don't want to play sports games, I don't like games like Fortnite or Overwatch because they're too goofy. Like, it's like, it's yeah. getting to the point where, and the games I did like were big single player RPG style games that just aren't made that often anymore. And yeah. everything, as everything turns into a big online game, you're seeing less and less of the kind of games that I like, which are single player experiences that are either RPGs or first-person shooters or like literally every genre of game I like is disappearing. Yeah. And the only if game, you want to play online, you want to be killing other people. Yeah, and the only game that and the only game type of game I like that isn't disappearing is the open world game, which is like the fucking Marvel movie of video yeah. games. It's like everything is open world. So I think and then I'm I'm not really much of a an, app gamer i mean i do play games on my phone and stuff but not much i'm more of a you know console gamer yeah and we're not neither of us are pc gamers which no and i've gotten lazier as i got older i have a switch (laughs) like there's mario tennis and a bunch of great but again i'm not big into smash uh super you know smash Smash and i'm not big into uh the pokemon the new pokemon game it's like I really love Breath of the Wild, but there hasn't really been a Nintendo game I've really been dying to play since that. Yeah. So I picked up Mario Tennis, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. But I'm it's so been it's, waiting in the wings. It's a slow it's been a slow year for me. And I've And we are still sort of in the cycle of remastering old Yeah, which is versions which is or like platform changing platforms and now it's on the switch and yeah it's like, like oh now you can play limbo on switch or you can play shadow of the colossus on ps4 even though you've already played it on ps3 you know like yeah it's just a little bit like i'm and that's the other thing is i'm not really one to play a game again unless i fucking loved it like i have to be madly in love with the game for me to play it again or it has to be the kind of game like tetris where it's just like yeah you play it when you want you put it down you know um Anyway, all that's a good sort of laying the groundwork for my picks of the year. So I'm going to start off with a game that Gil and I played a whole bunch, and that is, of course, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, <laughs> aka PUBG. Uh, Gil and I, when they released this, so we don't have PCs, so this has been out for PC for a long time. But Gil and I only started playing when it came out on Xbox, uh, and we played it pretty intensely for six months i mean a while four months <laughs> more than more than, yeah and there were many i mean it took over our other show game humpers for quite a while because it was just fun to play and there was nothing else that was sort of more pressing yeah um it was a busted version of the game that it took a lot of patience to play but yet the core concept is strong enough that it was still fun to play yeah. Even though, even with all the glitches and the bullshit and the and the and how badly they translated the game, yeah, I think the fundamental core of it is still gives you enough game juice to override yeah. anything else, and it's not super cartoony Minecraft right. with guns, right? Just so here's a little bit of a we did a tsunami review for it, so let's just show that because it kind of explains it better than we could. I'm gonna make it and live, but just keep going. You can make it. I think everyone is fighting someone else. Okay, but even one shot and I'm down. Don't come back for me. We're too close to the end. Keep running. No one's inside the shack. 
Sarah and I are deep in a round of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Which, when it isn't an unplayable mess, is stressful but quite fun. All I got are bandages. Do you have any painkillers? No, sorry. I think we are still going to be inside the circle, though. You start a match by jumping out of a plane with a bunch of other people with just the clothes on your back. You start a match by mindlessly punching each other in a holding area. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's Sarah's favorite part. Okay, I'm healing myself. Keep an eye out. Yes, I don't see anyone. As soon as you land, you have to forge for weapons and new outfits. Wait, I see one guy, but he's a long way off. Then you slowly make your way into smaller and smaller areas, or you die outside the blue magic wall of death. Sometimes you have to fight people right away, and sometimes you don't fight anyone until the end. This round's been a bit of both, but I think we're in a good spot. Now you've done it. Do you see that guy running? Yeah, should I pop up and shoot him? Yeah, I don't have a good scope. He's hiding in the smoke. What? Wait. <laughs> we won! What? Yes! Since it isn't really a game yet, can we give it a rating? How about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for Xbox One gets an exciting and entertaining but sometimes annoying incomplete. Fire back up, jump right away, and look for a boat. The boat isn't always the answer. We have never died in the boat. Most of the game is on land. I think I see a boat. We're good. Um, so that was basically it wasn't wasn't our only time getting a chicken dinner but one of them i mean we've only gotten a chicken dinner a couple times we won a couple of times that was the one that we were recording on yeah (laughs) serendipitous um and that was for the beta (laughs) right and now the official game is out and it's a lot smoother unfortunately for the creators of player unknown battlegrounds uh which the that literally laid the groundwork for what is the hottest genre in gaming right now which is the, the battle royale as they call it Fortnite swept in and completely took over basically half of their audience at least just left and yeah. started playing Fortnite. And now Fortnite is a crazy juggernaut and play, uh, PUBG is still big, but it's nowhere near as big and as it's coming Fortnite. to PlayStation. Right. Well, um, I may play it again. Which makes me want to yeah. play it. Um, so uh, a super fun game, the battle royale aspect. The, I mean, the thing about the game that's great is how tense it is. The whole time you just could die at any moment. Um, and so we played an absolute shit ton of it. And for me, when I play a game online, I I want to murder people. I don't want to cooperate with anyone. I don't want to get together and do an instance. I don't want to have a 10-man raid and coordinate my clock with other nerds from around the world and go do something. I just want to find someone and kill them. Which I don't think that's too much. You're going to see a theme here. So next up... Finding people and killing them. Next up is one of my favorite games of the year, and that is uh, another first-person, another shooter... Uh, and that's Black Ops 4. The sequel to Call of Duty Black Ops 3 from a couple of years back, which was previously my favorite game, and I think probably my favorite game in the Call of Duty series. I think the second Black Ops I liked slightly more than, but... You didn't like the zipping around and jumping around and all that stuff. It got on your nerves and got on my nerves, but it didn't. But there were other things that I liked about it that kind of outdid it. So Black Ops... I think is the best Call of Duty in years, and uh, I'm a person who plays every Call of Duty. Um, and they've what they've done this time is they've gotten rid of the single player ver- game, which I think was smart. Nobody gave a shit about the single player campaign, and so now it's really three games in one. It's a multiplayer team deathmatch kind of game, which it's always been. There's a Call of Duty Zombies, which is more of a cooperative four person. Um, fight against zombies and there's a storyline and all this thing. At this point, it's a whole thing, which I don't really mess with. And then there's a blackout mode, which is basically their version of PUBG, which is pretty much better than PUBG in every way. Uh, (laughs) I don't find it as intense as PUBG, but it works, which is a definite advantage over (laughs) PUBG. Yeah, I really like it. Um, And I haven't played it as much as I've played PUBG because I prefer Team Deathmatch, but I played both of them. Um... And so if you like first-person shooters, I think this is a good year to play Call of Duty. Um, um, Most people who play first-person shooters will have a preference between Call of Duty or Battlefield. And I've never really been able to play Battlefield. I don't really care for it. So I'm a Call of Duty guy. Uh, I've already put probably 100 hours in through my current one. Uh, Or maybe not quite that much. It's like three days, so 70 hours or something. But uh, let's look at uh, some Call of Duty 
is a huge, complicated game, and there are updates basically every week. There are kind of updates daily, but there are big updates like every week as they add stuff or whatever. Big stuff. Yeah, and uh, there are some hilarious glitches in this version of Call of Duty that uh, there's tons and tons of videos on YouTube. So we're just going to look at a small selection of these guys commenting on videos that people have sent them of Call of Duty glitches they've seen as they played the game. So let's check this out. Again, this map, dude. Ah, yes, this is the. This, these are the glitches Ooh, I come hell for. Oh yeah. Yeah, let me see that map. The content I crave. That's good. That's oh, a blackout. Yeah, blackout. I feel like is a little more prone to glitches. But whoa! whoa. Oh, if he lives, is he this dead? Is awesome. Technically, yeah, he has no health. <laughs> that voiceover is really good. <laughs> wow. Oh, please live. Oh my god. Oh, okay. He's down. All right, but... that's that's pretty awesome. Christ. Oh, that would have been so great if he lived. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like that. That's whack. Kind of works with his glasses, though. It's from nightmare shit, man. Yeah, that's... um. I see that a lot in other games, but... That's, uh, yeah, I'm glad we don't have that anymore. Get rid of that. Yeah, take it away. I never want to see it again. <laughs> I'm waiting for something ridiculous to happen. What? Oh, okay. Just a good old shaky box. That's fine. Oh! Oh, okay. <laughs> I like how it's moving around like a person. It's like a little unsettling. Oh, okay. There we go. It was like a little unsettling for a minute. Just and a little just bit. Like, bye. Ghost box. Uh, I'm telling you, man, something's wrong with this. Whoa, whoa, that's a good one. Yeah, I love the way they get map. I love the way they get stuck, and they turn like they get really long and they get stuck. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. What? I like the. Uh, I'm not gonna judge the frame rate. I'm not gonna be like that. Okay, that was that was whack. Yeah, what? That was just whack. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's something with this map. Yeah, I feel like you know, it'd be really cool if they here. didn't fix it. I think they should just leave it. It's <laughs> always right there too. Yeah, it's always in the water. Holy shit! Oh, that one's spectacular. Whoa. So I've ne- I've never seen any of those. I've glitches, had the um, two face yeah, thing, the two and I've had the. the the box, box freak out. I've had the box. But I've freak never out. seen. I've never seen anybody turn into a spider tree. Yeah, no, that's horrifying. Yeah, um, the but, guy squirrel suiting yeah. across the map. Ah! But I like that he was down, and if his partner could have gotten there, he would have revived right. him and gotten back. They would have. Um, so Call of Duty. Um, next up in the, you know, sticking with my theme of killing people, is the new Hitman game, Hitman Two. The uh, most confusing naming convention of all time. There's three different Hitman 2s. Yeah, it's uh, it's the direct sequel to the last Hitman game, uh, but instead of releasing it as monthly content like they did with the last one, they kind of put it all together in one. Um, but it's the same engine. It's basically the exact same type of game. It's a con- direct continuation of the story to the degree you give a shit about the story, which I don't. I completely skip the story. Yeah, But... Turns I, out 47 has had a rough childhood. I do love 47. Him. All I need to know is who I'm supposed to kill and what I'm supposed to wear to do it. Um, the thing I love about the Hitman games is they basically are an unapologetic sandbox murder simulator. So it's just a realistically rendered area with people in routines, and you can use any number of different ways to kill your targets. Um, you and I could, feel like they've leaned more into that even more into that this time. Yeah, they have. I mean, the, they, they've leaned more into the ridiculous aspect of yeah. it, where half the time when you're disguised as someone, someone will say something and 47 always answers ironically, like, yes, I'll get the job done. You know, so you're always like, yeah. hee, I'm going to kill you. Um, and then, of course, since I'm a sicko, I like to finish the game and then challenge myself to kill every single person on the map, which is time-consuming and hard. But you're a professional. So but I'm a professional, so... Uh, I've already finished the game. I really liked it. Um, but it's the kind of game I'll go back to every once in a while when I want to just get some murder out of my system. So here is a little short montage someone put together of some of the funnier 
more brutal kills you can do in the Hitman 2 game. So let's check this out. Shit! I need help here, goddammit! Robert knocks down. That should work. Robert knocks down. Now for the heir to the Kronstadt Empire. Any time now. What the? Beautiful. are green. This fella will make your special place all tingly. But, but listen. Jesus. Robert Knox. Oh shit. Robert Knox down. Now for the heir to the Kronstadt Empire. This one is going in the ground. What? Oh shit. Oh god. Robert so Knox the, gets fucked up. Those are some of the ways that you can creatively kill your target without anyone knowing. Um, so, again, if the idea of sneaking around and being an assassin appeals to you, I think Hitman is about as good as it gets in that genre. Yeah. I mean, you have to, I think, well, I guess you don't have to, but it's definitely, I think, more enjoyable if you like the ludicrous side of sneaking around and killing people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you could take it seriously, in there, but like every level basically... The idea with the game is you're supposed to play the levels over and over to try different ways to kill your targets to find the best way, and there are different starting points, and you earn experience points, and then that unlocks more stuff you can do in the level. So the idea for the game creators, I guess, is you play these levels over and over and over. I just get bored after a couple, two or three times doing it. Yeah. Um, so next up is an app uh, that uh, was a game I played. I don't remember how I heard about it, but it's called Gorogoa. Uh, and it was made by one guy, and it took him years. And it's basically this weird sort of art-based game that has a storyline that's mostly about, like, nested artwork. So it's following... It's going, you can like double tap and you go deeper inside of artwork to find a clue, and then suddenly you'll move to the left and there's more of a clue. And so you're trying to sort of move these characters through this weird space to sort of unlock the next area. It's a very strange and sort of unsettling puzzle game. It's got a really cool vibe to it, um, but I loved it. So uh, I think it's an Annapurna game, so the, the film company moved into gaming um and it definitely makes sense that it's an annapurna project so let's check out this is like a gameplay sort of trailer for gorogoa
<laughs> that came out, uh, I guess, over a year ago. Uh, but I played it this year. So um, it th- that you can play on uh, iPhone or iPad. Um, I think iPad's probably better because the artwork is so great, but it works great on either platform. Um, and then my fifth choice is sort of a style of game that is increasingly unpopular that I've always loved, and that is the tactical strategy game, the uh, isometric tactical strategy game. Gil and I played XCOM uh, a shit ton last year that was that kind of game. correct measurement. So this is sort of an XCOM light game. Um, It's called Phantom... um, Menace. Phantom Doctrine. Thread. (laughs) Um, So Phantom Doctrine is a 1960s Cold War spy thriller where you have a team of essentially CIA agents... And you are battling, you know, uh, various Cold War entities. So it's a spy game mixed with a tactical isometric strategy game. So you have a home base that you're managing. And much like XCOM, you're sort of, as you get more money and more people, you're leveling up your base by adding rooms and adding... um, you know capabilities uh there's an overall world map and you have a clock and a timeline and you have to basically stop this guy from unleashing nuclear weapons sort of james bond type scenario um so you're sending spies to different cities and then sometimes there'll be a fight where the spies have to extract someone for interrogation or they have to kill someone or they have to blow up a thing you know there's a goal so it's very much like any kind of tactical strategy game you've played it's more of an indie game so the it's not it doesn't look super slick you can make your own guys you can make your own team and how you can decide how they look and who uh what their names are what their nationalities and stuff where you can let the game do it for you I played this twice. Um, I played it once on regular and then I started up again on hard because there are different endings and different beginnings depending on how you play the game. Um, But for a $20 game, I got a lot of value out of it and I love these kinds of tactical strategy games. So if you like that kind of game, I would highly recommend it. Um, So here is, I think this is a gameplay trailer um, that kind of explains the game. here, you'll be facing overwhelming enemy forces at all times. And that means things can go pear-shaped real fast. This could have been a success with better mission prep. Picking the right agents for each mission is critical. If your agent's known to the enemy, it'll be an uphill battle from the start. And it's usually a good idea to send in someone who can speak the local language. The right tools make short work of any job. Silenced weapons are your best friends. Deadly quiet and they can take out your targets from a distance. Get your foot in the door with a handy lockpick. And if the bullets start flying, it's good to have friends who can cover your men from enemy fire. No one is half the battle. Cliche, I know. But in this line of work, it can hardly be more relevant. Informers, tapping comms, infiltration of enemy facilities. It'll give you an idea of what to expect. But not all of your intel is complete. You'll have to piece it together from bits collected across missions. Everything is connected. Sometimes, it's best to go straight to the source. Eliminating enemy assets is good. Using them for your own ends is better. Beholder scientists perfected mind control technology. They won't ask your permission to use it on your agents. So it's fair game to do the same to their people. If you want to get out of this alive, you'll also have to keep up with the conspiracy tech. They have all the shiniest toys. Their gadgets may blow up in your face, but nothing beats an armored helicopter getting you out of a tight spot. When you've pinpointed an enemy operation, use all that prep work to stop it in its tracks. Scout ahead. 
Support your ground team. Plant sleepers and moles. Make no mistake, they still have unlimited resources at their disposal. And they won't hesitate to use them. They must be quick and deadly. And vanish before they know what hit them. Good luck, Agent. I played it on PS4, but it's also on Xbox, but a fun little um, tactical strategy game. And then finally, I just wanted to do a special shout out. This game only probably takes two hours to play, so it's certainly not a value proposition. But I played this on my iPhone with my wife, and it is a really sweet little story of a relationship that basically it's about a, a relationship that fails. Um, but it's pretty insightful, and the artwork is wonderful. Um, it's really unlike any other game I've ever seen. Um, it's called Florence, and I think this is an A24 game. Like, so it's like that A24 film company is going into gaming as well. And this, it really does feel like almost a graphic novel that you just sort of you're sort of playing. Um, it's very sweet and very sad. But uh, here's, I think, a trailer for Florence. So not amazing, but worth worth checking out and unusual. You know, nothing like anything else I've played. So yeah, I mean, when you're not killing people, you want to find love through art. I think it makes a lot of sense. I was with my wife. No, but I mean, your your other. It's either love, art, or death. Those are pretty much murder. (laughs) Excellent choices. Uh, First for me uh, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey from Ubisoft Quebec, which also did the Syndicate Assassin's Creed game, and uh, they just picked up. What's his face? Who is the lead um, Dragon Age person from Bioware to, so, be, to do to the next? Do a next, next I don't know if it's Creed. Assassin's Creed or whatever Some game they're game. doing on making next. Nice. Um, so that seems like it should be good. So this is a loosey goosey historical take on the Peloponnesian War between uh, Sparta and Athens, and you play either the, a brother Alexios or a sister Cassandra, who are the descendants of uh, Leonidas, the Spartan king. And you are trying to find your mother and your brother or sister, depending on who you're playing. I'm playing as Cassandra currently. Um, And this game is fucking huge. Um, Mind-bogglingly so. Uh, There's borderline too many things to do. Because I constantly... Well, really, I only have two things to do. I'm trying to get somewhere... And then some shit pops off. I get a bounty. I got to go kill the guy who has the bounty and then try to get back on track. And that hamster wheel. I think it's fair to say you've extended the gameplay quite a bit with that. I, uh, You can pay off the bounties and you end up getting a lot of money. But on the principle, I don't ever pay off the bounties. Um, the, What's the principle? You should be allowed to do whatever you want. No, the, you mind your business. <laughs> okay. Um, just like if I'm fighting in a war. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not always a war, though, that you're not always in trouble. For, like, you so know. Most of the time. I don't... Uh, a lot of the time you, you can just kill someone. <laughs> random people, but the only time I've ever done that is when Jason comes in every couple of weeks and is like, can you just kill whoever you want? Kill that guy. And I do, and then shit goes a little sideways. But... Um, no, it's, it's my fault. This... I started playing this game, and then I stopped playing Call of Duty, and then played Red Dead, and then came back. And I think I'm approaching the end of the story... Um, and I've finished. I'm the best mercenary, top of Congrats. the tier one mercenary. Congratulations! I'm the best arena fighter. Also, quite an achievement. I've killed most of the they cultists. Seem related. Yep. And I think I'm like a third of the way through the story, maybe <laughs> half. Yeah, because there's that's all ancillary stuff. Yeah, it's kind of woven together. Um, 
Like every Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, so... But it's... And then there's... Do you like it better than the last one, Origins? I do. Um, I really liked Origins. I think that if you liked Origins, you would like this game. If you didn't like Origins, I think it would be hard. This is basically Origins with everything a little tighter and a little better. The knock against this game is people are think that it's... Or people feel that it's too gated towards Ubisoft's desire towards microtransactions. Uh, I personally don't feel that way because I like doing all of the little things and clearing all the checkpoints and killing all the people and totally finishing all the forts. Um, if you don't want to do that, then I do think that it gets a little tiresome. If all you're doing is trying to finish the game, it's just so huge. And they do some of the things you have to be a certain level to go fight or you're just not going to win. Um, but that's not my personal feeling. So I think if you yeah. you could play this game for a year and not do everything, but if you want to just burn through it, I think it's uh, it's tough to do without giving them another whatever nine bucks for the XP yeah. boost. And I've been I've been sa- I've been saving it because I went far deeper into Call of Duty than you did, and um, I knew I wanted to play Red Dead and oh two giant open world games back to back kind of exhausts me. Yeah, so I've I'm, only, I'm saving this for Christmas break. I've only played of the games that I've played in like this year, it's either a huge open world game or a Murder Roguevania Simulator. dungeon crawler game. Oh yeah, yeah, you love those. Um yeah. so this is the Toonami review that we'll look at in a second. Um Dennis did this review so it's not entirely my personal experience <laughs> with it, but In the interest of keeping it all in the family, let's check out the Toonami Reaper. It's that time of year again. All the heavy hitters are releasing their big titles, and both Sarah and I have been playing one of the biggest, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This one takes place in ancient Greece, and you play as a mercenary caught up in the war between Athens and Sparta. Complete quests to level up and build your skills in any of the three disciplines. Each one offers their own cool perks and special attacks. Plus, you can mix and match until you have the perfect balance. Hello, killing machine. Or you could specialize in just one, but I'd rather take the fight to the sea. Controlling the waves is a big part of the game, and the huge naval battles are just as fun as they were back in Black Flag. Odyssey is all about choices and consequences. You can play it any way you like. Yep, my version of Alexios is a ruthless, insane maniac, and I've paid the price for this choice time and again. Unlike other AC games, the more crimes you commit, the more bounty hunters join in to hunt you down. Plus, there's cult members to unmask, conquest battles, and tons of other side quests. I think I'm almost finished with the story, but the world is so huge, I'm not really sure. Tell me about it. I've been galloping, sailing, and killing bad guys by the hundreds. I'm not even close to completing it all. This is the biggest and best Assassin's Creed game yet. We give Odyssey a 9 out of 10. For Sparta! Cool. So, quibbling points aside, I overall agree with Dennis's 9 out of 10 <laughs> review. I personally don't enjoy the naval battles nearly as much as Black Flag um, for lots of different reasons that we don't have the time to get into here, but... You sure? Because uh, we got... So, I'm playing the game on hard, <laughs> which is makes it more of a challenge for the fights. Um, the naval battles, the nature of the difference between ships of the line versus a Peloponnesian... Um, rig where you're yeah. rowing out is just fundamentally changes the tactics. You're shooting arrows and flaming arrows versus better and better cannonballs. Um, yeah. It just it's not nearly as much fun. You don't have to worry about the weather gauge. You, do they have There's, shanties still? Um, yeah, you have one of the things one of the things I really like doing is you you can recruit people if you are fighting somebody and you yeah. knock them out instead of killing them. You can recruit them to come be a lieutenant on your ship, and if you fully upgrade your ship, you get four lieutenants. Um, I become slightly obsessed with collecting every legendary person that I come across. Sometimes the test that I have is if they can survive my initial assassination attempt, then I'll do my best to not kill them. Sometimes things just happen, and if you're fighting nine guys just, at a time... Just a little peek inside Gil's mind, It gets mind, a little uh, tricky, so... Naval battles, not quite be, as good. I may be crazy, but I'm a, a little more straightforward. Um, 
Why don't we move on to the next one? You're the one who said we had time. Yeah. Uh, next for me is another giant open world game, and that is Red Dead Redemption 2 from Rockstar Studios. Uh, every single Rockstar studio and employee in the world. Uh, this game is an amazing world and not all that much fun. There's moments of greatness, <laughs> but they have designed this game to, I believe, fundamentally not be a fun experience. I think that they wanted to sh- illustrate how much it sucked to live in this time period and also illustrate the taming of the West and that being an outlaw gun person yeah. is no longer a viable way of life, which is a little weird because this is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption where that's not the point that they're making, which in, would be later in time, but that's... Well, uh, they kind of do make that point in the original. Right? But I mean, it's the same... But they they didn't work as hard to right. make it less fun, but he is always saying in the original, yeah, it's like, I West sh- is over, man! Right. You know, <laughs> But you fundamentally... Don't have to act so, that like, way. So like, the beginning, when you first play this game, it's it's for me it was an interesting slash weird experience because especially coming from Assassin's Creed where you just run through the crowd and you're literally shoving people out of the way and when you're riding your horse and you're on follow the road you're running people over with no problem people are diving out of the way <laughs> and in Red Dead Redemption it's I guess the way it would be in real life where some people don't have an issue with you sidling past them and some people really do so if you the first time you go to town and you're just trying to run to go to the saloon, you bang into somebody, you end up getting in a huge fight that then you have a bounty on you and the law comes and you don't have any money to pay the bounty off and you're just sort of generally confused. But eventually the the rules of the world start to make sense um, and you play as Arthur Morgan, uh, who is a member of the Dutch van, what's Trop, uh, we'll say, um, gang, and you're on the run from the Pinkerton security force after a job went south in Blackwater and you play through the game sort of trying to figure out how you can have your group be safe with the inner workings of a group dynamic and then there's a giant ass epilogue where you get to milk cows and shovel shit and walk slowly around I had a big problem with the epilogue I really hate slow walking through a video game it is by far (laughs) my most annoyed time yeah and every time you're in a camp especially when you go to the later camp and your room is upstairs and you got a slow fucking walk up the staircase but still a great game an amazing world lots of bananas crazy detail and uh moments where you find random cabins in the woods uh and have serial killers and vampires and different stories play out depending on whether you're good or evil and the choices that you make. Yeah. Cetera, definitely, definitely their rock star's strongest story thus far. Not as strong as they think it is and yeah. not as strong as like Naughty Dog can do, but definitely a good story and Arthur Morgan is a very interesting main character who I ended up liking a lot. Um, yeah. And, I've, you know, you root, they make you successfully feel like this guy is conflicted about being an outlaw and where his path has led him. Like, basically, yeah, they do. The, the point of the game is basically if the rule you follow led you to this, of what use was the rule? So, like, right. he's finally getting to the point where he's realizing this might not be a smart the thing, best. place that he's led his life. So right. he's regretful of his choices, and they want you to sort of lean into him trying to become better before it's too late. And... Uh, I do think they did a really good job with that. I just think there are a lot of other things they did, gameplay choices they made that I understand why they made them, but they made it a less enjoyable. Yeah, game. you can't. You can fast travel from your camp, but you have to upgrade a bunch of shit and buy a map at the point where you don't have a lot of money. You can't ever fast travel back to your camp. Uh, it's stupid. Just, For, I got so fucking tired of riding my horse everywhere. Like I just, you I, shouldn't. You shouldn't play a game and just be tired of the of like one of the things that you do all the time. But it's also <laughs> that's just how it was in the West. Riding your horse through for the first beginning time is super amazing. That's fun, yeah. But then as the as your as you're eighty hours in yeah, or whatever, it's a fair point. It's a real fucking drag. And then when you're holed up in the mountains and you're trying to have your bounties and five different states and you're just wanting more cops to come and they just refuse to come and there's just yeah. just because you're on the state line doesn't mean that 
their jurisdiction isn't still applicable. So anyway, where, where are you going to show You want to see all of that distilled down into a much more succinct 60 to 90 second piece. Let's check out the Toonami review for Red Dead Redemption 2 right now. So unless you've been living under a rock, you probably already know Red Dead Redemption 2 has come out. And since I've been waiting for it since the last one dropped, I was pretty excited to saddle it up. But you learn pretty quickly that you need to take things slow. Like real, real slow. Some people freak out if you bump into them. They get scared if you ride your horse too fast. And if you're shooting up the place, they tend to get pretty freaked out. It's clear that Rockstar wanted to make an Old West simulator. And for better or worse, that's exactly what they did. You need to feed your crew. You need to feed yourself. Enjoy. You need to feed your horse. And you need to do your chores. But they've also made an insanely deep world. So settle in, because it takes a lot of time to get everything, or kind of anything, done. Yep. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. How much time do you want to put into it? And while all millions of things to do aren't always fun, they are all pretty amazing. It's not a perfect game by any means. The crafting is an overly demanding system, and a lot of the challenges are really not fun, and others are just poorly thought out. Yep, card. But you only get down to that level of fault finding when you know you're probably talking about a pretty great game. Toonami gives Red Dead Redemption 2 a 9 out of 10. There. See a space cowboy. Amazing. The review? <laughs> oh. Cool. Um, next for me is Moonlighter, which is an action RPG rogue light like get into really get into the weeds the difference between the roguelite and roguelike games um i personally am a fan of the roguelite version roguelike being uh more of a flush it all down the toilet when you die scenario i can't Um, stand either one of those this is from digital sun which is a spanish game studio and you play as will digital azul (laughs) uh you play as will who has inherited his grandfather i think's store and you really want to be a hero and go crawl dungeons, but Bill's got to get paid, so you got to work the store. So basically, the game boils down to you running through these dungeons, collecting things, and then selling them during the day. Uh, and at night, you go and do more dungeons. And as you get stronger, you can stay longer, and it's the constant choice of, do I want to go down one more level, or do I just leave? Which is the sort of basic choice that all of these games is... I don't know. There might be a pretty sweet goodie behind the next door. Goodie hunch. It's got Gil's name written all I over it. I love that shit. Um, and we can check out the Toonami game review for this now. Fun fact, I reversed the economic principle of pricing versus selling. So see if you can uh, find my mistake here. Summer doldrums are upon us, but that doesn't mean there aren't any fun games out there. I've been playing Moonlighter, a throwback dungeon crawler inventory humper game. You play as Will, a shopkeeper by day, and wannabe hero by night. Basically, you go through dungeons and sell your plunder to the townsfolk. The monsters are harder at night, but the goodies are better. And that's only one of the many choices you have in Moonlighter. Each dungeon has three levels. The deeper you go, the harder it is, but the sweeter the reward. But if you go too far and die, you lose all your spoils. You also have to get the hang of managing the store. Price something too low, and no one will buy it. Price something too high, and you've lost out on money. You can also improve your gear, the store itself, and even the town as you gather more resources. Moonlighter's not super long, but that's not a bad thing. And while it's not for everyone, the gameplay is pretty fun and addictive, and the art style's really cool. Tsunami gives Moonlighter an 8 out of 10. Back to the grind. 8 out of 10 seems quite generous. Uh, Turns out if you price things too low, everybody buys it. Yeah. Um, If you price things too high, then then they get. So you have to figure out when it's too high, people go. And when it's a really good price and you fucked up and you gave it away too low, they have a really big smile and a little spark goes on. Sounds great. I enjoyed it. Uh, Next is another rogue-like Rogavania game, and that is Dead Cells from Motion Twin, a French game studio who is employee-owned as a sort of counter to the overall gaming industry's practice of hiring a bunch of people and then firing them as the game comes out and 
the top people make all the money and there's no real bosses at Motion Twin. And they made a fun Dead Cells game, which Dennis also did a review for. Did uh, you agree with his review? Uh, yeah. This time? I, I mean, we, Dennis and I are at our core fundamentally different game players. So there are, again, some slight variations that I didn't necessarily personally He's come across. He's not as thorough as you are. No. Um, but this was a super fun game. And this comes to the point where in, I think any of these games where you're you're playing it to get better at the game to play further and play on harder difficulties. And unless you're Sean, eventually getting more loot is not the end-all be-all and you just move on to another game. Um, or you can just play Diablo till you die. Uh, so let's check out Dennis's review of Dead Cells right now. Real sucker for old school side scrollers. So when I heard about this new one inspired by the Castlevania series called Dead Cells, I was all over it. As a headless prisoner resurrected from beyond, you set out to do something. For now, it's kill monsters and devour their cells. The deeper you go, the more powerful you become. My first run was going great until I died and lost it all. Just when I thought I was in for another controller throwing good time, I realized that some of the upgrades were permanent. Hallelujah. It's all about risk and reward. Do I speed run through or meticulously kill all enemies in search of secret areas and even greater power? No two loops are ever the same. Running into a boss without the right power-ups is certain death. Getting to the end with the most hype goodies is a pretty long grind. But it's so much fun, it's worth it. We give Dead Cells an 8.5 out of 10. 4 a.m., time for one more run. Yeah, I understand we're grading on a curve, but it seems crazy to give these games 8.5, and so that's a .5 difference between that and Red Dead. There just seems to be... there's. A huge differential in between those two games. <laughs> I understand yeah. we're judging by the Roger Ebert, what yeah. did they try to achieve and how well did they succeed at that, but it's still a little crazy. Well, it's not, it's more of These an These are the arguments the you guys get to see that we have about Toonami games. Usually I just don't even bother weighing in anymore because uh, it's always the same conversation. But uh, this one currently. Yeah, this one. Gil, Gil wants to give every game an eight and a half. And I think some, some games some games, deserve, some games don't deserve an eight and a half. Ambition matters and execution matters. Yeah, so, at a huge scale matters. So what would you say uh, that, for the game I you mean, didn't play? I didn't. I mean, I don't know. Cool. Uh, next is uh, Santa Monica Studios God of War. Yes, here's is, let me give you a, a sneak peek. It gets a nine out of ten. I think we gave it a nine and a half. Oh, shit. This is probably my favorite game of the year. The one um, thing I will say we do do right with our game reviews is we almost never give a 10. Like, it's got to be yeah. the fucking best to get a 10. Yeah. Um, uh, which I think is... That's, I mean, we basically don't do a game review if it doesn't get to an 8 because it's just too much. We've done some 7s and some 6s, but it's rare. I don't think... 6? We've done a 6.5. We have. 7.5 and, and up is almost always what it is it's usually if it's yeah. either at seven and a half or an eight i mean otherwise the, why the prince the principle is why why don't review it's not a game. worth the time to take a shit on a game sure um and then as you get closer to 10 it squeezes a little bit more yeah um and we've done some incompletes yeah we've done quite a few incompletes PUBG. we got a question mark on um dropship he was PUBG too was scared to finish slender man um yeah there's a few um but God of War, I think this is the eighth or ninth God of War game. Um, I was not a huge fan of the previous God of War iterations, but I really loved this one, which is... Wait, at, eight or ninth yeah. God of War game? There's I thought a, it was only the fourth. No, there's a shit ton of like little in-between. Justin probably knows. Yeah. I think there's a lot of... Maybe it's the fourth main one, but they have yeah. spinoffs and stuff. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I knew there was a trilogy on the original PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Yeah, and then there's like little side story yeah. things from that. And I still have yet to play this, but I am excited about when I finally do. The, at its core, it is uh, the story of a father and son who are going to scatter the ashes as the last uh, request of the mother and wife, depending on how you want to look at that. And you are playing Kratos, but this time instead of it being... Uh, immersed in Greek mythology, it's North, Norse mythology, which there's ends up being a reason for that in the game that I won't get into here. Um, I think this game is the perfect 
distillation of allowing you to go as deep as you want or not. You can the difficulty swing is such that if you just want to see the story and play through everything, you can do it pretty straightforwardly. And if you want to really go bananas and play this game forever, the hardest difficulty in doing everything and finally hunting down and 100%ing this game is a tremendous jump from the final end, uh, which I think is an interesting and fun choice to play again, you, which you played 100, percent right? Obviously, I did. Yeah. Um, and if you're <laughs> a fan of the show, is. you've seen both of the one man's trashes, uh, both 100%ing the game and then playing it on Give Me God of War, and also 100%ing it uh, with big challenge. You did two obviously, one man's trashes for this game. I did. Holy crap! Um, you were not here for one of them. Dennis was uh, for the gotcha. I, I don't remember which you, one it was. I, I think pl- just doing just doing 100% of the regular game. Um, I believe you were here to witness uh, killing the Valkyrie Queen, which is the I love how ultimate crazy you are. culmination. Um, so let's check out Kills our- crazy, but only with video games does it really come out. Like, you really... I don't understand. What? No worries. Let's check out the Toonami review and see if we gave it a nine or a nine and a half. I don't remember. Hey, Sarah, I thought there wasn't any DLC for God of War. There isn't. I started over on the Give Me God of War difficulty. Oh, is it fun? Eh, more like I'm not ready to say goodbye to it all yet. Okay, well, what did you like about God of War? Everything. It's really fun. The writing is good. The voice acting is really good. That is where the true strength of a warrior lies. The story is interesting, and once you have a few upgrades, the fighting is really fun. And there's lots of unusual puzzles to solve. But you're not having fun right now? I think you're missing the point of this difficulty. Let's try again. What's the game about? You're still playing as Kratos, but this time it's all different. Your wife has died. Didn't that happen a while ago? Different wife. Anyway, you leave with your son Atreus on a mission to honor her last wishes. So the game is really about your father-son journey. And ripping creatures apart? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's one of the perks. The early game is really one long tutorial, and it takes a while for it to really open up. And at first, the boss fights are a little cheap, but once you figure them out, it ends up just being a good challenge. It looks like there are crafting and skill trees, too. Yeah, and a few side missions. But it's really more than the sum of its parts. The whole vibe is just really good. I'd say a solid 9 out of 10, maybe even a 9.5. So you're waiting till you finish the whole game again before really committing? Well, right now I don't see how I'm going to beat the Valkyrie Queen again, so I don't know that I can finish again. Valkyrie Queen. I'll explain. So Upon secondary completion, I would give nine, it a nine, nine, and a half. nine and a half. I would say so. So one point higher than a bullshit roguelike that took you one week. Um, Two probably. Those are some of our favorite games. Let's see the Adult Swim Facebook choices for your favorite games. Which we don't currently have. We are recording this before we will see those results, but I am going to say Fortnite's going to be in there somewhere. I would agree. Or Overwatch, or both. And I'm trying to think what I would think- a, a Mario game. Some sort of, oh, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Because those are ridiculously popular games. I would think Red Dead. Red um, Dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would think God of War. Maybe. Um, Maybe. But. Now let's look at the Toonami picks where I guarantee you're going to see more Nintendo titles. Uh, didn't the Kingdom Hearts game come out this year? Or maybe there's one coming. No, maybe, yeah. But there's going to be some Nintendo titles on there, and there's definitely going to be Red Dead again. I'm looking forward to Mario Tennis, but I'm not looking forward to putting my um, Joy-Con, Joy-Con. In a tennis racket and actually playing tennis. Um so why don't we move on to the sneak peeks? We have a whole bunch that I'm going to let Gil take you through. Oh, thank you. While I take a nap over here in the corner. Uh, first up is the topical for tomorrow night's My Hero Academia at 9.30. So let's not... Oh, wait. We woke him up. I was going to say try not to wake Jason up, but we'll see. I'm sure he'll pass back out the lumbering bear that he is. Here we go. On the next all-new episode of My Hero Academia... Hasn't anyone ever told you you rely on your clerk too much? Todoroki! My Hero Academia, Saturday at 9.30, only Toonami on Adult Swim. You're awake. Excited. Yeah, it woke me up. I woke uh, up out of excitement. And then uh, Boruto is at 10.30, and here's the spot for that episode. 
on the next all-new episode of Boruto. This is no longer a matter for kids playing detective. I know that, all right? You don't. You don't understand the true horrors of battle till you've seen them for yourself. Boruto, Saturday at 10.30 on Adult Swim. That lower third from My Hero Academia, didn't uh, did it have the, uh, the dots for the time? I thought it didn't. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. I bet by the time it gets to you... <laughs> It'll be fixed either way. It will. Sure. Uh, and next is... Uh, you got me sidetracked. Star Dragon Ball. Super. Uh, at 11 o'clock. Thanks for keeping me honest. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Long time no see, huh? Did you come to assassinate me? I won't let you take me out! Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then next... Well, that ain't there. Take it away. Mob Psycho, episode 107, Saturday night at 11.30. On the next all-new episode of Mob Psycho 100. How about you and I, T-Bus? Some kind of talking jellyfish-looking thing? I have to exercise it! Wait! Mob Psycho 100, Saturday at 11.30 p.m. on Adult Swim. And then the second episode of Megalobox. Hopefully you enjoyed the premiere last week. Uh, and that is still at midnight. So let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Megalobox. Hell of a jab. If it had been a clean hit, then I'm not going to use my right arm. My left should be enough for you. Megalobox. Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then last is our first of the holiday marathons for uh, next Saturday night, December 22nd. There will be a super marathon from 9 p.m. till 4 a.m. And in case that was too confusing, this promo will explain that to you as well. (laughs) Saturday night, we're giving you a chance to catch up on all the showdowns. What are you waiting for? Power up! All the throwdowns. And all the beatdowns. Back to back to back. All those guys fighting in one place at one time? It's the Toonami Holiday Dragon Ball Super Marathon. Saturday night from 9 to 4. Wowie! Double wowie! Time to see who's been naughty or nice. Only Toonami. Cool. And now Dana Swanson, voice of Sarah, is... Coming with a new segment of You Tweet Me Watch. Wow, she hasn't done one of those in you, forever. The Toonami viewing audience, or at least one of you, tweets <laughs> Dana. A suggestion. A suggestion for a pre-2000s anime. Yep. Uh, and she is watching There Were Eleven. So let's see how Dana liked it. Hi, everybody. It is Dana Swanson, and this is another You Tweet Me Watch, where you tweet me at Dana Swanson, something that is a pre 2K anime that you want me to watch and then talk about and maybe shed some light on or explore in some sort of fascinating fashion. So the uh, the one that I got this time was from Jesse Flores at Jesse CF eight nine one nine. Lots of numbers. Um, they were eleven. Is a trippy one. It's a movie out on DVD. Thank you so much, Jesse. Yes, it is out on DVD, but it's also available for free on the internet. Illegally. I'm not saying that's how I watched it, but maybe. Okay, so what is it about? Obviously, Eleven is in the title. It used to be a manga, and then it got made into an OVA in 86. And then in 96, they did an English job, which will come into play later. So do you have, like... This sort of space mission, I can't talk correctly because I have uh, new braces in, um, and so I can take them out, but we're going to see how this does. Even though it sounds crazy, it's workable. So 10 people get catapulted into space for the space mission, and upon arriving, they realize that another person is there. They went from 10, is the agreed upon amount, to all of a sudden 11. There's only supposed to be 10 of us. I count 11. Impossible. You must have miscounted. I count 11, too. There were 10 when we started. You're right. One of us shouldn't be here. So wait, what happened? Do these people have face blindness? How do you not know that 
there were 10 and now there's 11 and there's a face you don't recognize from the 10 that were there. Is this a skill that we all need to develop? Or maybe if we're going into space, you should take note of the people around you. I don't know, maybe somebody just played tag along Z's. Like when you're the car or like the person trying to get in behind the other person in a gate, I think somebody just did that. They're like, oh, you're going to space, tag along. So we're mostly following a story from Tata's perspective, whose hairstyle should look kind of familiar to you. Overall, as a movie, there's some stuff that I enjoyed, but I really felt like it should be a series. Like there were a lot of strange beats that happened. I was just curious, your skin isn't as soft as mine. Do you know that? I've never met anyone so weird in my life. Several 11 person conversations. We all have to die because we don't have any mice? They'll send vaccine if we signal them. Are you suggesting we hit the panic button? I just didn't feel like there was enough action until maybe later on in the film. Bam! Bam! Choo! Bow! There's also some sexism that then turns into transphobia that then kind of turns back on itself that then just kind of turns into misogyny, so... Is he a she or what? What are you, a man or a woman? Come again! You claim you're a man? Well, I want some proof. Just a whole lot of man and boys are great talk, which is like cool. Man and boys are cool, but to compare sexes, I feel like, is always a little hinky. If Froll is indeed a woman, we're going to have to make some new arrangements. They also talk about how manhood is the greatest honor in life, or at least this one character thinks that manhood is the greatest honor in life, and women are kind of just crappy and have to put up with nonsense like May-December relationships. Why is being a man such a big deal to your people anyway? Well, a man has lots of wives to work for him. So this really took a jab at my self-esteem or two. You better learn to respect my feelings! Okay, so there's also this virus that gets introduced, like, very, very late in the game. Like, even after they go to adjust some pipes. We have hundreds of leaky pipes everywhere. Just, like, a lot of strange helmets yelling at each other moments. And then, like, a blanket either you believe or you disbelieve in the passengers. So uh, I did, of course, have some favorite lines because who doesn't? Here's one. You're not a psychic, you're a psycho. And another. What do you call this soup that requires a fork? You know what? I'll make that Dave's favorite line. Dave, you just choose one. I was a butthead jerk. However, one of the most interesting scenes is the food fight. I love a good food fight. One of the best things about a food fight, though, is people's go all out. But then they, like, start to realize that there's things like food waste that come into play. You like banana cream? Here! Don't waste your food. Wasteful, but I assume it's traditional. What's the best thing about this? Well, it was one of the first pieces that a very young up-and-coming voice actor did. A man named Stephen Jay. You may know him by another name. Oh, anyway, this is at Dana Swanson, Dana Swanson, signing off for another You Tweet Me Watch. You want me to watch something? Tweet it at me. At Dana Swanson. Okay, bye! I've never watched There Were Eleven. Neither have I. Maybe I shall now. Yeah. Thank you, Dana, for watching it and for your suggestion and for everything else that we're thankful for in this There's a lot of things to go around. Um, And then uh, speaking of Dana, Dana was heavily involved in our next uh, music release, which is an album we are putting out this week called Fever Dreams. It is a collection of synth bangers from all kinds of great artists um everyone from uh well shit i don't have the names of the artists in front of me but they're all great um but dana is the person who kind of put this thing together um because she's a huge lover of synth wave music um she's been sort of haunting Bandcamp for the last couple of years grabbing everybody she could uh we've worked with some of these artists like Laserhawk before um and so we just decided hey why not try to do a compilation of that so this is uh really dana's baby uh fever dreams and you can get it uh right now december 14th and where's the what's the website do we have that up yeah well Adultswim.com slash fever dreams. I'm pretty sure it's adultswim.com slash fever, but it'll say down there what it is and just go there. Um, But it's streaming, streaming only. So just go stream that album. And if you want a sample of what it's going to sound like, here is the TV spot, which is running right now that we made for it, which kind of plays some of the songs. Ready to ride? Adult Swim presents Fever Dreams. 
15 tracks of daytime grooves, nighttime moves, and all-around cybernetic glory. Head on over to adultswim.com slash feverdreams for your listening pleasure. Brand new tracks from Calm Trues, Alice Glass, Carpenter Brute, and more. Fever Dreams. All synth, all free. Only from Adult Swim. So yeah, congrats, Dana. It's a great compilation. And uh, if you like Synthwave, well worth checking out. So that's our little Christmas present album for you, Toonami fans who've been asking me, are we doing another Mega Mix this year? The answer is no, but we did do Fever Dreams, which is all new music. So hopefully that will tide you over. Uh, and then this week's Adult Swim single is uh, by the artist Bjarki who I really like, uh, sort of a techno artist. Uh, he last year had like five albums out in one year. This year he hasn't put anything out other than this single, so I, I assume he's working hard on whatever his next project is going to be. So that's this week's Adult Swim single. It's track 16. Oh, no, sorry, it's track 18. 18. Um, and it was released on Wednesday. You can hear it at adultsfilm.com slash singles. So let's check out a sample of Bacteria Ben by Bjarki. Fun fact, our producer uh, of the show, <laughs> one of the one of our producers, Chris Hartley, who runs the whole thing, uh, when we listed the artist's name on, you know, in the email, she was like, Bajarki? Is that who we're talking about? Bajarki? Uh, I thought that was funny. Thanks for everything um, you do, Chris. Yeah. Um, could do without you. She's not watching. She doesn't give a shit. So, still, uh, yeah. So, Bjarki, and come back next week where we'll have yet another Adult Swim single. We're going to go for 52 straight weeks. And right now, you can go to adultswim.com slash singles and hear all the previous singles we've released. So, that's it. We haven't gone straight through. We had a good run, but we've 191 episodes in the books. That is crazy. Having missed really that many? Only a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's only 191 Happy episodes. Centenaire nine year and one anniversary. <laughs> so by the next time, is our next episode going to be the new year? Or do we have one more before the new year? No, yeah. Uh, we'll do one for the week of the 20, or for the right. night of the 20th. Oh, 20 yeah. We're doing one more of first. our favorites. Favorite music of the year. And that's going to be that's going to be a big Spoiler one. Spoiler alert: They're all the streams are reruns. I, l- I like I like hearing Gil's favorite music of the year. It's always a surprise to me. Here, tune in. I don't think of him Surprise as a yourself. human who listens to music, and then he turns out to be one sometimes, or a fake it, and it's always like, "Wow, fake it till you make that it." That robot can think. Um, we'll see you next That's week. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Merry Christmas. Tsunami now every Saturday night from nine to four.